Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chris Pinto. With me tonight is the Belly Up Fantasy crew. Guys, we're here on a Tuesday, and it's live for the first time on both platforms of Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we've got Dan, the head honcho. we got Billy Witt. we got Nate Herman, Zach Matt, and Tom, man. Uh, Tom survived a storm. How y'all doing? Tell everybody how y'all are doing tonight. I think Dan and I both survived that storm, so I can't. I, I can't complain. I don't know about him. <laughs> yeah, man, I had to drive. So I had to drive through it. Got to my destination. Finally, had like an hour of sunshine, and then they made me turn around and drive right back into the storm. And I was like, "No, don't send me back." I just saw the clouds coming. I was like, "No, I don't want to go back." <laughs> Dang, that's uh, pretty scary. Pretty, that sucks. <laughs> You're a trooper, though, man. Uh, Dan's show here in the fall is going to be coming out pretty much every day of the week. Dan, drop that for everyone listening because I know your following is pretty big and getting bigger. Yeah, I mean, we took I took the week off last week because that's going to probably be the last week off that I could have until uh, December, maybe even longer than that. We might be doing some new things at the end of week 17 this year. So yeah, we'll be we'll be back to four days a week starting in September. It'll be you know Monday, Tuesday. Monday I'll have the recap. Tuesday I'll have the waiver wire report, and then of course we'll be back on Thursday and Friday uh, for the preview shows, and possibly a new uh, DFS segment on the Friday show as well. So a lot of things in the work this year on Thursdays and Fridays. That'll be the video shows, and then uh, Monday and Tuesday will be podcast only because I will be on the road. That's fair. Nate Herman, uh, what have you been up to, man? Uh, I saw that you and Billy are working on something. Y'all brought me in on that. So I was very pleased to see that y'all have been thinking about starting up a little series. Yeah, so me and Billy got some, uh, some stuff in the works right now. Um, stay tuned for that coming out soon. Um, me and Billy are both very excited to get that kicked off. And, you know, sports are back in full swing now. So keeping me busy, writing articles for, for Billy Up, editing some articles, can't complain. Um, and yeah, yeah, man, Billy, uh, you're doing a lot of things. Not only with the St. Jude Belly Up Bowl, um, you're kind of taking over the reins for our um, development on Facebook as well. You saw a big market right there where you could kind of dive in and use your expertise in that, um, bringing a couple of us into the fold and helping you out. Um, tell everyone where they can follow us on Facebook. What you're doing with the St. Jude Belly Up Bowl, uh, and then we can kind of move forward to Zach because I know he's got something he wants to talk about. 
Philadelphia Bowl, uh, we uh, started out with the 10 divisions, ended up expanding to 12, got it filled. Uh, many drafts uh, full swing right now, some dumb, done, some in the middle of their drafts, uh, some waiting to start after the uh, COVID stuff's finished up, opt-out period. So uh, a lot of things going on there, a lot of exciting uh, buzz in, in my chat. I know our guys are enjoying it together. On Facebook, we're looking to just kind of bring everybody to us, get closer to uh, us at Belly Up, you know, talk to our uh, fans and listeners and supporters, answer some questions, live Q&A, show us your rosters, we'll give you some feedback, that kind of thing. So, yeah, just looking to broaden the horizon and, uh, you know, reach more people individually. For sure. That sounds really exciting. Uh, I was talking to some of my guys in my home league, and they are like, yeah, I can't wait to send my start-sit roster to all the other guys so I don't have to listen to you anymore. Talk about your <laughs> SEC and David Johnson business. So they'll be excited to talk to you guys instead of me finally. Uh, Zach, Puck, Puck Pass returns, man. Uh, let everyone know about that. Yeah, man, Puck Puck Pass Pod is the uh, Twitter handle. Um, hockey's back in full swing this weekend. I actually got the first elimination game going on right now uh carolina and uh the new york rangers so uh, that is why if you look behind me there's not a single football hat to all hockey um when hockey's over though they will be football that's fair tom <laughs> you've been working on something pretty cool too uh amidst the entire storm of a century that you're facing right now but you're putting together a 100 list let everyone know uh, about that because that should drop here pretty soon yeah i mean i think we all know that the nfl top 100 list was pretty garbage i know it's you know, the players are the ones putting that out, but let's be honest, it was pretty trash. So belly up top 100, uh, going to start releasing that tomorrow. A little compilation compile and, uh, you know, everybody at belly up all their thoughts on it. So, uh, you know, all you guys make sure you get yours in and, uh, we'll see how it compares to that, to that NFL list. I think it might be a little bit more accurate. I would hope so. Our guys are pretty sharp over here at belly up. Uh, everyone on Facebook, thank you so much for watching us. Uh, Michael and Courtney, Scott and Marco and Dave, thank you all so much. Let's move on uh, to kind of what we were talking about this week. Um, our ask, I'm sorry. It's Tuesday, guys. This is brand new. Uh, I'm still adjusting all this as well. Uh, we've got some current breaking news that wouldn't be so current if we were still doing what we are doing. But, Tom, your boy, Gardner Minshew, let's – Tell everyone if they haven't seen it breaking, let them know what's going on with Gardner and the, and the Minshew mustache. I mean, hey, he's not the only one, but we got a couple of uh, false positives with these COVID tests. As to be expected, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season kind of plays out here as we get into it. But Gardner Minshew, he said, and I quote, I did not contract the virus. It took one look at me and ran the other way. I mean, the man is a legend, right? So he's officially reactivated off the COVID list. He's ready to go. We know he can't get it. It's impossible. But, Zach, I think you had somebody else that came off the COVID list today. Yeah, he wasn't He wasn't as demonstrative. I think it would have been much stranger to hear coming from Matt Stafford, but he also had a false positive, according to the news. Um, he went negative, negative, false positive, and then I think another negative. So, um, like you said, it's, it's not so much a surprise. I think we saw this was going to happen, you know, with, with you, you see numbers coming out every day and you never, you don't know which ones are real, which ones are fake, which ones are real positives and fake positives. And, and, you know, I know we're not going to get into all that, but you know, it's it, like you said, it was just going to be, um, inevitable. And, it, you know, I'm glad we're, we're getting it, getting it out of the way right now. I guess it, it's, these are the first two guys, you know, that, that you got this false positive and now maybe the NFL will have a, a better idea of how to deal with it going forward. 
as we all soak in what Marco Ayala just said to Tom on Facebook, Dan, I want to ask your thoughts on this because you're one of the commissioners in the belly at bowl that decided to hold off until the opt out date after all the, you know, the scare would go down. And that's a very smart move to do because everything is kind of laid out for you. There's no surprises. Uh, Are you are you recording us and replaying it back, and are we making sure we stay refreshed? Or? Well, I, was, I was trying to get on Twitter uh, to answer some stuff like that, but I'm just going to turn that one, off. One thing at a time, Pinto. One, one yeah, thing I know, at a time. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so, what are you thinking on this, Dan? Well, look. Uh, luckily, the rest of the league was in line with the same line of thinking. Look, you have all these opt outs. The big one, of course, is Damian Williams. I happen to be drafting in the Rasbol League when that news dropped. That was in the second round. I wound up picking up Clyde Edwards-Helaire as a result. But that's just an example of why you need to wait. And not just for the opt-out period, but you also need to wait for training camp to get underway here a little bit. These guys are coming off whatever off-season workout they were doing on their own. If, let's be honest, for some of them, if they were really doing an off-season workout like they should have been, there's going to be some injuries throughout this training camp. And as a result of that, you have to know exactly who's going to be healthy as, we, as soon as we get into uh, the start of the season. So we're doing a slow draft, so it needs to be at least two weeks. Everybody has plenty of time, but we're not drafting until August 27th because you have to know exactly what you're going to have, and you don't want to have that disadvantage. You drafted somebody in the first round, and all of a sudden your first round picks out the window. It's just a nightmare waiting to happen, so we held off. Dan, the uh, the guys at Fancy Scouts, uh, Steven and Jibs over there asking you, is CH not a first-rounder? I think he is. I, I had just updated my rankings, actually, and they're not quite up on the BellyUpFantasySports.com website where you'll be able to find them along with the Belly Up Writer Consensus rankings, too. Um, they'll be updated later on this week. And what I've come to find is that I wound up having Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in a half-point PPR league, which is usually what I do these shows off of, about number 15 overall, uh, putting him in the second round. Look, I, as far as the running back goes, I think he fell to number uh, number 10 for me. So he's a top 10 running back, but I don't have him going in the first round. There's a couple of things you have to take in consideration with this. Is One, while he, yes, he fell in the perfect situation. Yes, he has a great skill set for the offense that they have with Patrick Mahomes and all that. But this guy is not as talented as the Dalvin Cooks, the Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott's of the world, the Joe Mixon's of the world, Derrick Henry's of the world. All those guys need to be going in front of him. He's not going to be that bell cow now as far as usage goes i do have in mind something similar to alvin kamara's rookie year as far as his volume not his production but his volume where it would be about 184 carries let's say maybe he gets about 70 to 80 uh receptions maybe almost 100 targets that would put him right about there i don't think he's gonna quite have his production like i said because he doesn't have Kamara's speed. He doesn't have his elusiveness in the open field. So he's not going to have that crazy, I believe it was 6.7 yards per carry that Alvin Kamara had in his rookie year. That's just, that's just not going to happen. So people have to take that into consideration. If you get him the second round, especially in a half point full one PBR league, you're going to get really good value. But if you take him as your first rounder, you're not going to have as much consistency. Andy Reid's still going to have guys that he wants to bring in. He still likes the veteran backs. Darrell Williams still very well could be the goal line back, so I worry about touchdowns with Clyde Edwards-Hiller to some degree. So that's why I don't have him in the first round. That's fair. That's why we love you on here, Dan. Like Detroit BC, Chris Robbins says, Dan speaking the truth, man. Hearts all around. Thanks, Chris, for listening in. Uh, Marco over there just talking that trash as usual. Uh, I want to give a shout-out real quick to uh, J.B. Chow Knows. He is one of the Mavericks of the Money Manziel division in this uh, St. Jude Belly Up Bowl that finished our draft already. Uh, 
I thought the guy was mirroring me and he just was scooping up all these running backs, but then out of nowhere, he took OBJ uh, and built a better team than I did. So I'll be asking him for some advice later on. Uh, but thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, I really appreciate that about CEH. Um, I saw that Scott Fish took him number five or number six overall in their league. So maybe people are just hyped up on him and they just need to simmer down like you were kind of saying. The volume should be there. Um, but like you said, he's not as talented as Kamara and he's not probably going to be that bell cow like you said. Yeah, just well, one quick thing I want to add. Just real quick, one thing I want to add to that is that while people got super excited, DeAndre Swift should have been the pick at, at that first round spot. It should not have been Clyders. It should have been DeAndre Swift. He's much more talented. He has the passing receiving skill set. That's who it should have been. But because it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and it's Patrick and it's Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs, everyone wants to make him a first rounder. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Zach, you got like hearing that about DeAndre Swift, though, right? I do, man. But you know, I hear the same stuff every year. You know, at this point, I'm just going <laughs> to. That's fair. Well, let's move on, guys. We've been talking about this all week. Um, we're going to move into some deep sleepers or some guys after the tenth round. One guy, kind of a little higher though. Uh, but we'll move on from there. Um, Tom, let's talk about this guy, a Hard Knocks favorite, uh, Clemson star, Hunter Renfro with the dad bod, rocking and rolling. The I think he finished six or seven, week 16 and 17 last year in the last two weeks of the season. Uh, he finishes the wide receiver 55 out of 71 targets. He had 49 receptions, finished with 605 yards and four touchdowns, averaging about 8.4 yards. Um, I've got him projected about 900 yards this season season about 70 catches uh dan's probably a little bit different i don't know we need to look at that because i want to know what you think about hunter renfro as well uh his rookie season was really good uh but i think he's gonna be the fourth guy in that david carr offense behind waller rugs and my boy josh jacobs go sec roll crimson tide but tom what are your thoughts about this guy hunter renfro man i mean i'll tell you what you did nail it there's a lot of big names in that offense. You know, you do look at, uh, you know, the new guy, Henry Ruggs, obviously Darren Waller, big breakout guy last year, and Josh Jacobs, uh, second best rookie running back last year, only two. We all know who Miles Sanders. Thank you very much. Anyway, Hunter Renfro, the reason that he's going to have a great season is because the defenses are going to be too focused on the rest of those guys. Hunter Renfro's a slot guy. He's going to be that dink and dunk. He will go out and get a pass. He will put his body in harm's way for it, right? Um, I mean, he's quick. Like he, he makes separation based on his football IQ. He's a, he knows what to do to get away from somebody in the, in the slot there, in the short field, and he's going to get the touches. If you're in a, um, you know, a league where you're getting PPR, He's the guy to have on that team. Henry Ruggs is going to blow the top off of this, uh, you know, offense. He's going to be stretching the field, and it's going to be open underneath for him every game. I mean, I have him for about ninety to one hundred receptions, just based on he's going to be that guy underneath that nobody's going to want to cover. Um, and you, you do think about it, you have uh, Tyrell Williams as well. I think that Renfro is probably going to get more field time because he fits better in the slot. Um, and I'd rather have Ruggs and uh, Renfro, and you know you can swap in Williams for that deep threat. Uh, you know when Ruggs gets a little burned out. 
Dan, what are your thoughts on that? That's way too high. I got about like half that production. That is, <laughs> that's just insane to me. You have a couple things working. Yes, you have Henry Ruggs. Yes, you have Tyra Williams. The big thing is Darren Waller. Now, yes, Hunter Renfro last year cut into a lot of Darren Waller's production. That much is true. But here's the X factor. Brian Edwards is going to play. And Brian Edwards plays, Henry Ruggs is going to be the guy coming in the slot receiver. And that's going to be the key. So I think Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards are going to be alternating as far as their playing time goes. They're not going to be playing the same position. Obviously, Brian Edwards is a 6'4 guy. He's a red zone monster. But that's how they're going to do this thing when they start to go big receiver. And the reason Gruden's going to like to do that is because, one, he's John Gruden. He's an idiot. But, two, he likes his bigger receivers on the outside to block so he can run. So that's why Brian Edwards is going to play quite a bit. I don't see that type of production. I have him for about 50 receptions. I have him for 658 yards, four touchdowns this season. I don't. Plus, can we be real? Hunter Renfro's talent isn't that great. Like, <laughs> like I'm tired of watching the slow white boys get all this clout because of Wes Welker back in the day. Like, it's over. It's done. Move on. I'm tired of it. I don't want to see you got another guy running slow motion in the whole, for 60 minutes. Like, I'm over it. <laughs> JB Chow, you're pretty in line right there with Dan, 60 reception, 600 yards. I really want to know what Scott Davis thinks about this because he's a big Raiders guy. Uh, I'll let him answer in the chat. We'll kind of come on to that. Uh, but, I, you know, that's that's a good point, Dan. Um, yeah, I mean, he only had 49 catches last season. So we'll, we'll see what he does. I, I would fare more towards you than the bigger numbers that Tom is having. But Tom I mean, is a hey, guy. Yeah, you do 100 might be a little much, but he's going to have a – it's going to be a, a receptions year for him. He's not a big yardage guy. I don't think 600 yards is way off. I think that that's pretty realistic. But I think he's going to be getting it on four to five yard passes. He's not a big, you know, uh, rat guy. He's not getting you a ton of yards as soon as he makes that catch. Yeah, I know. As soon as he catches I mean, the ball, he falls down. We, I know. <laughs> that's fine. But guess what? If he gets 70 receptions in a season, that's fine with me. Dan, from the man himself, Scott Davis, the Raider Nation fan of uh, College Station, Texas. You are right on that. So on that note, we'll put a pin in that. Billy, let's talk about Randall Cobb, one of my Houston Texans, uh, who was a Dallas Cowboy, who was a Green Bay Packer. Last season, he finished the the wide receiver 44, had about 800 and something yards, three touchdowns. Um, I've got him projected two touchdowns. I think his numbers are going to go down just because of the addition of Cooks and DJR guy. Uh, I'm really high on that. So are you. So, I know this guy is a sleeper around, but I think the targets are going to go towards Cooks and Fuller and Stills, as long as those guys can stay healthy. So if we're in a vacuum, I don't know how I feel about Cobb. Uh, But injury is always an issue. So enlighten me on Randall Cobb. Well, it comes uh, out of a cup of coffee with the Cowboys where he had a career high with yards per catch. So he's got a little bit of gas up in the tank he showed after we might have been doubting that, leaving Green Bay. Coming into Houston, I think they brought him in as, you know, a an experienced guy next to some younger guys after the D hop, uh, you know, him leaving and, and, you know, really injury concerns at their wide receiver three spot with Kiki QT, seen Kenny stills. Those guys have been battling injuries, you know, missing more time than they, than they've been healthy. Uh, so, you know, the wide receiver, wide receiver three position in that offense is on par with what Cobb's always done in his career, right around that 50, 60 catches, six, 700 yards, you know, single digit touchdowns. So, He's probably right on par to, you know, have another year just like that, coming in right around wide receiver 50. Uh, somebody that you can plug and play on a bye week, but not somebody you want to rely on week to week. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Nate, do you have anything to add to that? I know that maybe me and you were talking about this. I think we were. Uh, do you have anything to add to what Billy has on that? I, mean, I think Billy hit it, uh, the, the nail on the head there. I mean, you know, Cobb is playing behind some 
Fuller and Cooks, you know, they're and with uh, Watson and and now DJ and Houston, it's going to be tough to find targets um, to keep them kind of fantasy relevant. Again, this is about sleepers, so not going not to be a top tier receiver, but in a deeper league, you know, one, you got Will Fuller who's injury prone every year. So the odds of him going down for, you know, six day games are very high, which would then move Cobb into a, a more, uh, a higher role. Um, so again, like Bowie said, and Cobb is a sleeper guy. He had a, you know, very, pretty good year on, on with Dallas last year. Um, but yeah, I think Billy hit on the head there. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, Cobb's got an ADP of 1602. Um, so I think you both of you guys are right on that. But Nate, let's talk about a guy who um, a couple seasons ago, I guess two seasons ago, he had a lot of buzz about him. Mike Williams, um, his ADP right now is around the 14th round. Um, last year he finished wide receiver 38 at over 1,000 yards, only two touchdowns though. Uh, so that was very odd. I've got him cranked up a little bit this year uh, and scoring about four and a, four and a half touchdowns, uh, but definitely less on the yardage. Uh, I thought that was a little bit odd. Um he, he is a popular breakout candidate from last season. He did t- top a thousand yards, like I said, uh, at, but he had 21 or maybe a little bit less than 20 yards per reception. So that was all with Phillip Rivers. Now he's got Tyrod Taylor, uh, the dual threat quarterback who might be running in the offense a little bit different. Um, how do you feel about Mike Williams? Yeah. So Mike Williams is the kind of guy who had a, an odd year last year. I mean, like you said, Chris, over a thousand yards, only forty-nine catches, two touchdowns. I mean, average twenty point four yards uh, per reception. It just, it just odd, you know. I mean, he he averaged just over three catches a week, and somehow managed to put up a thousand yards in fifteen games. Um, but when it comes to non-PPR leagues, I I give Williams that extra boost because you know three catches in a PPR league or even half PPR isn't going to cut it for your starting lineup usually. Um, he is six four, ran a four four nine in college in the in the combine. So I mean, this guy is. And that's what I do. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He can, we've seen in the past, he can just, you know, Rivers chucks up to him. He can just go up and get it, basically. Um, you know, it's very hard for the smaller cornerbacks and safeties to to compete with his with his speed and, and height. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with with Keenan Allen, Henry, and Eckler, they're going to hog a lot of the targets in, in, uh, in, in L.A. Um, and, and now with, you said, uh, Chris, with Taylor as quarterback, his dual-threat capabilities, I'm sure he may be running around a bit and uh, – Honestly, the buzz around Williams, I'm, I don't get. I understand why people think he's a breakout player, but um, in the 14th round, why not? He's kind of that that high risk, high reward kind of player. He could have it in the same week. Could have two catches of 20 yards. Don't really know what, what you're gonna get with Williams uh, week in week out. Um, but again, 14th round, you're kind of looking for some dart throws down there, and Williams is the exact kind of guy you want to take a risk on. So as a sleeper, I have no problem taking Williams, but just. Be mindful in a PPR league and half PPR to, because uh, the guy isn't the guy isn't going to rack up receptions. So uh, just be mindful of that. Dan, I want to get your thoughts in here because we normally don't have you on here too often. So I want to know what you're thinking about Mike Williams because this is a guy that I'm kind of looking at in a lot of these deeper leagues too. Um, I'm a fan of the bigger wide receiver, like Nate was saying, big old guy, great speed. Um, so what are your thoughts on Mike Williams? Well, I mean, with Mike Williams, it depends on what league you're in. If you're in a best ball league and you're a deeper roster, I could take the pick there um, because you know you're probably going to get a couple games throughout the year where he goes off for two touchdowns in that game, and that's perfectly possible. I'm not touching Keenan Allen or Mike Williams in this offense coming up, though, because, look, 
with Tyrod Taylor, I actually like Tyrod Taylor quite a bit, but I do know they're going to run the football a lot and a lot more than they were passing it with Phil Rivers. That volume is not going to be there. So if that volume is not there, one, that kills Keenan Allen right off the bat. Because it's not a guy who's going to go over for 1,000 yards and get double-digit touchdowns unless he's getting a crazy amount of volume. And for Mike Williams, I don't know if Tyrod can still hit the deep ball with consistency. And if he can't, I don't know how Mike Williams gets to 1,000 yards this year. And I don't know if his touchdowns drastically jump up the way they we they would have if Rivers was still at the quarterback position there. I only have him for about six touchdowns. I have him as wide receiver, 46 overall. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. So I would kind of have to seal on that. But if it's not a best ball league, if it's a redraft league, I don't know I'm going to touch it. I think there's a lot of guys with a lot more upside. That's fair. Uh, JB kind of agrees with what Nate said on all that, I, I suppose. Um, Zach, let's move into a division that I kind of know a little bit more about, kind of hits home to heart to me. Uh, the, the NFC South with uh, D.D. Westbrook and the Jaguars. His ADP is right there uh, in the 14th round as well. Uh, last year, he had a you know a, a mediocre showing, finishing uh, wide receiver 45, 660 yards, three touchdowns. Um, there was a lot of hype behind him and Nick Foles, but then obviously we saw what happened with him and Tom's guy, Minshew Mania, and DJ Chark broke out instead of Westbrook. Uh, could this guy have a breakout year and be a, a sleeper that could help you out and win a championship this year? Yeah, so I think, you know, I don't want to give away too much about Minshew because we're going to get to him. But uh, I think, you know, you said 14th round. I I would take him, to be honest, in the St. Jude Bowl, I had him queued up to take as my last pick in the 16th. And it was just a mistake. I wanted him and uh, he didn't make it to me. He went in the last round, but he didn't make it around to me. So I was upset about that. I really do think D.D. Westbrook could um, be very valuable in those late round situations if you're picking him because – uh, Minshew could be throwing the ball around and, and, you know, it was Chark last year. It doesn't necessarily have to be Chark again this year. They added wide receiver in the draft. So that's a little bit worrisome, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's only, he's a 26 year old. He's a young guy. I think that, uh, I, I just think there's a lot of question marks around who's going to get as many targets in Jacksonville, but, um, I don't, I don't have a problem taking DD Westbrook late in, in drafts. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Colin Johnson from the universe or the University of Texas was the big six six wide receiver that they decided to draft uh, this season. Well, you're uh, fanning Lavisca Chenault too. Oh yeah, dang, and that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm too. I'm, I give the Texas guys the juice. I'm sorry, I forgot about Biz. <laughs> <laughs> boo, boo. Yeah, that's, 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 that's Nothing has changed. 
Nothing. <laughs> Where's my sign? Nothing's changed. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, hey, Dave, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate you. Uh, FF Spaceman, big old guy in the fancy community on Twitter. We love you, Dave. Thanks for tuning in with us. But, Tom, uh, before you just punch a whole Kool-Aid man through your wall, let's talk about your boy. I know you wanted to dress up as him this week. Uh, but other things happened. Gardner Minshew, man, got an ADP of 18 in the 18th round, 18.09. So you could essentially just stream this cat. Last year he finished as a quarterback 20, uh, over 3,000 yards, had a ratio of 21 to 6, also adding 344 yards on the ground. Um, There's a lot of hype on Uncle Rico right here. A lot of people like his swag. A lot of people like his mentality. They think that, I mean, he's got the tools in Jacksonville to run the gauntlet. And he had, I think, five QB1 performances last year. You might have to correct me on that. Scrabble challenge me or something on that one. Something like that. He, he, he finished phenomenally, or he, he did he did phenomenally a couple games where he was very serviceable and could win you your week. Uh, I'll stop talking about weeks. Gardner. Just, so Tom can. Thanks for fact-checking that, Dan. You're welcome. Three, three weeks, in case anybody didn't hear that. <laughs> I mean, hey, there's – Three words that come to mind for me when uh, I think of Gardner Minshew. Confidence, swagger, and jorts. (laughs) And I like any quarterback that I can associate those three words with. I mean, quick trivia question for you guys. Who was the uh, rookie quarterback last year with the second most rushing yards? Gardner Minshew. I mean, hey, you got more than – you know, Kyler Murray down in Arizona, it's surprising. So, I mean, this is a guy, you got to think, with a good performance last year, um, he only started in 12 games, uh, played in two others. Nick Foles is gone. Nick Foles was a backup. I, I loved him in Philly, you know, as a backup, but he's not a starter. But he's gone. Minshew doesn't have to worry about that now. He's got 16 full games. You know, you can anticipate that he's going to have, if he had three top performances last year, okay, great. Second season, it's going to go up with two extra games and just experience. Um I mean, what we got to work with, though, it's a guy that's – he's a natural at football. He makes good, you know pretty good decisions for the most part. He knows when to check the ball down. Um, does he need to work on his reads you know, across the full field a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, that was definitely not his strong suit in college, but that's something that you can, you can learn to do. So um, beyond that, pretty low interceptions. I mean, you look at last year, uh, I mean, he had 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, not too terrible, especially for a rookie – Big issue for him was fumbles. He lost seven last year, which was tied for second, I believe, in the league. Um, so, you know, decent offensive line in front of him. Not the best, but okay. Uh, you know, definitely something for him to work on. Um, I mean, it's a tough guy. He's ath- yeah, he's um, athletic enough that he can extend plays. You know, again, second most rushing yards out of a rookie quarterback. So I-, I see him having a pretty solid year, probably 36 to 3,800 passing yards another 400 or so on the ground uh, and probably mid twenties for touchdowns about 25, 26 touchdowns combined between rushing and passing. Um, and personally, I think it's, you know, lower turnovers. Again, I think he keeps the interceptions low. He makes pretty good decisions. So, you know, probably that six, seven interception range. Um, I think he knocks down the fumbles. I don't think he turns the ball over as much in that sense. So, I mean, overall, is he a guy that you're going to pick in the draft? Probably not. Maybe very, very late rounds. 
But if it's a guy that's sitting on the waiver wire and you know, your quarterback gets hurt or you, know, you have somebody on a bye week, he's 100% a guy that you can stream or you can have him sitting on your bench as an option that you know, if, you're, if your quarterback's going up against a top defense, you could put in Minshew and you're probably going to have an okay, okay week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, here's what I'm going to say about Gardner Minshew. <laughs> he is the epitome of it's better to be lucky than good. Gardner Minshew was ranked 28th last year in interceptable throws, which means he should have had a hell of a lot more interceptions, but he was more lucky than good. Gardner Minshew is the best backup quarterback in the NFL, hands down, without a doubt, because he could do a little bit of everything. He can he can hold a clipboard better than anybody, look great in the mustache. <laughs> and if he needed to come in in the second half and try to keep your get your team in it, he has the ability to do that. But that's about it. This is the last time we're going to see Gardner Minshew start in the NFL. I can guarantee you that. I strongly disagree, Dan. And I want to know, Dan, uh, what does his uh, you know final ranking need to be for this season for you to shave to the mustache, rock some <laughs> aviators, some jorts, and like open up tea or uh, not tea? Like, yeah, sure. It would probably need to be. You know, what? I'll tell you what. I'll do you a favor. He gets up to QB fifteen, and I'll do it. Oh, that's a deal. Wow. Put it on the board. Wow. Yeah, okay. Quarterback 15 and Dan Mayer. Will quarterback be 15. Finishes the season up. as quarterback 15. Yeah, finishes the season as quarterback 15. And Dan Mayer dresses up as Gardner Minshew. We need we need photographic Absolutely. proof, and it is going up on the belly up. Oh, I'll do it on the show. I don't, I'll okay. make sure. I'll, I'll grow it all out, and I'll make sure I'm here it. on the show with the whole love it. I, no, and, no, No problem. And Marco, yes, I love Gardner Minshew. My fiance <laughs> wants to marry him, not me. It's fine. I don't have an issue with that. I would marry him too. <laughs> Tom, the one thing you got going for you besides maybe this being his breakout year is John Gruden's new offensive coordinator over there brings Chris Thompson maybe to help out Leonard Fournette with some of the workload. Maybe Leonard Fournette falls into the end zone a little bit more with Gardner Minshew throwing him the ball. But John Gruden led Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins to multiple top 10 fantasy seasons. So we might be seeing Dan in the Gardner Minshew wardrobe. Just it's yeah. Jay it's Jay Gruden. Just Jay, or Jay Gruden, I'm sorry, not John. Where? Jay Gruden, you're right. For the record as well, we didn't even bring up the fact that you know we talked about Zach's guy, you know, slightly there with DD Westbrook. We didn't even bring up LaVisca Chenault, the new rookie that they brought in. He and Chark he and DJ Chark had a great season, great connection last year. Um, you know, you do also have uh, Chris Conley and eh, Keelan Cole. Eh, they're not bad, but not great. Tyler Eifert, Josh Oliver, a bunch of like decent guys. There's not really like a terrible. <laughs> like, I'm I'm just saying you don't have you don't have like a terrible uh, spot on that offense. Um, yeah, and two I, decent running backs back there, and by what, the can throw it over a mountain. I just want to point out real quick. My wife over here is yelling at me. Don't do the mustache, Sam Emery. Over here. <laughs> Sam, he has. To. He has to. Man, don't him. worry. It's never going to happen. He's never going to finish the top 15. <laughs> Let's move forward, guys. Uh, a guy who's got a big opportunity this year who could see a lot of vacated targets um, is Johnny Smith, tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Um, ADP is 13.12. Last season, he finishes the tight end 19 with 439 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, they use him a little bit. He's athletic with four rushes and 78 yards, so that's pretty cool. Um, heading into his year four, though, he's finally the starter with the Titans. Um, he's had big playability. We know he's got the physical attributes that you want in a tight end, especially in that Mike Rabel offense. 
AJ Brown seems to be the guy. Ryan Hicks loves this guy. If y'all follow us, Ryan Hicks, one of our uh, analysts, our lead writer, loves AJ Brown. Could John U. Smith be the guy opposite to him? Um, last season, he did finish with a 7.7 touchdown rate, which was super high for his career, uh, even though it's a single-digit number. Um, Nate, what do you think about John U.? Yeah, like you said, Chris, I think there's a huge opportunity for for John U. this year. Um, you got Derrick Henry going to you know, at least at least carry the ball 20, 25 times a week. Um, Brown's going to get targeted, but I think besides Henry and and, uh, and Brown, I think Smith is the next guy in line. Um I think there's a real opportunity with with the Titans and Smith to just with Henry, you know, causing the box to be filled, um, the defenses to, you know, obviously eye him and stop him. I think Smith and Tannehill can create a good chemistry on the play action. Um, last year, Tannehill, um, Tannehill uh, performed play action on 26.6% of his dropbacks, um, which is very high rate. Um, I think with Brown getting probably double teamed, Henry getting loads of retention, I think off the play action, Smith can find many opportunities and targets to, to be effective. Um, when you think about it from, from a fantasy, or not just from a football perspective, a game plan as a coach, as a, as opposing coach against the Titans, you want to stop Henry and Brown. If you do those two things, you're probably going to win. So you're going to, so against Henry, you're going to load the box against Brown. You probably have your best cornerback and a safety, uh, up top. This should allow Smith to get good one-on-one, uh, uh, matchups with, with linebackers off the play action, I think Smith has a real opportunity here this year to to break out and have a big season. Wow, those are really good points, uh, Zach. Do you have anything that kind of goes against the grain on that? Um, I mean, as a from a football perspective, like Nate brought up, I like Jonah Smith. I live here in Tennessee, so uh, I'm a Titans fan behind it being a Lions fan. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm slightly excited about what what could possibly happen with the Titans. However, I, I just don't personally. I don't trust Tannehill enough um, to to for Jonu Smith for me to be I mean maybe later in the rounds I, I just I, I think by then I've got two tight ends that I probably want but um Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service bonuses and delivering the best overall experience to players need more Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I think it's possible. I'm not a much as much of a risk taker to take Smith, I don't think. That's fair. Billy, I know you kind of like you some Ryan Tannehill. Um, do you have any numbers on him, why Johnny might ascend this year? Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, he's they've been productive in Tennessee with tight ends for a while. Dwayne Walker, the play-action passing game has always benefited the tight end, and that's just what Tannehill does well. Get out of the pocket a little bit, you know, tight end coming across the middle, coming underneath, dump offs, and Johnny's a pretty athletic guy getting the ball in his hand. He can make some plays. Um, I, I like him, but uh, I'm with Zach. kind of the range he's going. There's a couple other guys I like, and, and, uh, you know, maybe some guys with a higher floor uh, that I prefer. That's fair. I got uh, Smith the tight end 13, I, right outside that tight end one spot. I think he's going to be that borderline guy, but 
this is an offense that uses the tight end. Arthur Smith wants to use the tight end. I wouldn't be surprised if he was able to outperform that. There's going to be some targets there. Corey Davis, finally, you're a bust. I've always thought you're a bust. Thank God everybody can finally jump on that bandwagon now, and I don't have to hear about it anymore. But outside of A.J. Brown, I think that consistent target could be John New Smith, especially when we get into the red zone situations. But that's why I have him at tight end 13. Sorry, this is all new to me, guys. I'm answering something over here. Dan's talking. It's all live. Stumbling. Right. We got to get Chris a little secretary or something <laughs> like while we're doing this show because you 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 can't multitask, man. Just <laughs> not a multitask. Lock, lock it in. Lock it in. Never, never been a strong student. My, my my wife will tell you that I'm very compartmentalized. I go one by one by one, and, and if it doesn't work out, I'm I'm still over here and you're three steps ahead of me. That's my bad. So we'll move on, though, uh, to a guy that I want everyone to talk about because this guy started out as a sleeper, but he's moving up in the ranks. A lot of my friends, uh, Michael Lowe, uh, who is watching us, has been shoving this guy down my throat, telling me I need to get some shares of him uh, because of the vacated targets that he's going to get and the opportunity he has. He started out ADP nothing, and now he's up into the seventh round. This guy finishes a tight end 34 last year with only 349 yards. Didn't have a lot of opportunity last year, but still scored two touchdowns. This season, the Falcons bring him into the dome. Bring him into, as Houston Wenzel says, one of our analysts, into a division that is going to be so fantasy friendly that these guys are projected to score so many points that you want a piece of something in this division. Uh, and this guy could be the next Austin Hooper. I'm talking about Hayden Hurst, uh, former Baltimore Raven, brought in to fill uh, Austin Hooper's role last season. Uh, the Falcons give up a second-round pick for him, and so they they got to be thinking that this guy could fill their role. Billy, what do you have on Hayden Hurst? Because I've heard so much about this guy that I'm sick of it. Coming into last year, he was a guy that we were kind of excited about in Baltimore. Mark Andrews kind of just took over all the targets in the passing game for the tight end position. And just, you know, he got left out in the cold, but he did play well when he was thrown to. Uh, you know, he's an athletic clone of Austin Hooper, same 40 time, same size type of guy. But if you watch him with the ball in his hands, he makes guys miss a little better. He's a little more skilled, a little more shake and wiggle to him. In the Falcons offense, I think that's going to be important. I think he's, you know, probably going to be on par with what Hooper did numbers-wise. Uh, you know, seven and a half targets a game is what Hooper had. That's 120 for the year pace. You know, I, I, I could see 60, 70 catches out of that pretty easily. You know, easily 800 yards, five, six touchdowns. Maybe even more if, if Julio continues to, to not produce in the red zone. They may have to rely on Hayden Hurst down in that red zone. And with that shake and wiggle, he may do a little bit better than Hooper did in that area. I think that was a little remember the Titans reference right there, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, well, of all time. <laughs> Zach, what do you think about Hayden Hurst, man? Dude, I love Hayden Hurst. I picked him up as my tight end too in uh, the State Jubal. I- I'm gonna we're, we're tight end flexing, so I'm probably playing him um, maybe as a flex almost every week. We'll see how it goes, but um, I think what Billy said: if, if Julio Jones can't score the football, I'm looking at Hayden Hurst next, um, especially for red zone targets. So I think there's definitely a ton of upside for Hurst. I love him personally. That's fair. Tom, what do you got on Hayden Hurst? I mean, we know that Julio can't get into the end zone. It's just – It's even year, guys. Come on. Top five, probably <laughs> top receiver, but he cannot get into the end zone. I I couldn't tell you why. So, I mean, like you guys said, it, 
it's all going to go to the tight end position, I think, uh, especially, you know, like you said, red zone. Uh, Ridley's not really a huge target, so I don't think he's, uh, you know, he's big enough, but um, probably not your ideal red zone guy. So, Yeah, Ridley just seems to be, you know, he's just a guy that you would never think that he's going to do it. But being from the SEC, he always just makes it happen uh, because it just means more to the guy. But, Nate, what do you think about Hayden Hurst? I, I can't. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, like the, the guy said, Julio hasn't, you know, his touchdown is just it's weird how he can't produce in the red zone. Hurst should should get lots of targets in the in the red zone. Um, with Todd Gurley, I will say, you know, he is a, a, a rushing touchdown beast, so maybe it isn't as high as we all think, but – um, I think the opportunity is definitely there for Hurst this season in Atlanta. Dan, close it down with Hayden Hurst for us because I saw you made a couple eye rolls when some people were talking about stuff. But when Nate brought up Todd Gurley, your head was going good. So what do you have? What do you think? Well, I mean, first of all, I love Hayden Hurst. He is my tight end six all going into this year for half-point PPR leagues. But the key with those touchdowns, like you guys were talking about, he's not going to be putting up close to double-digit touchdowns like Austin Hooper was. Todd Gurley, I don't care what you think about the guy. You can look at last season when everyone thinks he's done, which I do not, but everyone thinks he's done. What did he still do? He still scored touchdowns, guys. He's still the double digits. It's going to happen with this offense. They're going to be inside the 10. What better way than to hand the ball off to Todd Gurley, who knows how to get in the end zone? So I have his touchdowns actually hindered at about five, but I also have him getting about 800 yards this season because he's going to get utilized. He's a good blocking tight end. He's going to be in on every single play because he's an all-around type of guy. He's more athletic than Austin Hooper is. And, yeah, to your guys' point with Julio Jones and the red zone woes and everything that comes with that, Look, there's no third receiver this year. There's no Muhammad Sanu. Say what you want about Russell Gage, but he's not on the same level. So a lot of targets and a lot of those yards, I think, are going to go to Hayden Hurst this year, which is why I still have him as tight end six overall, even if he's not getting eight to ten touchdowns necessarily. Dan, do you think that they move him outside into a slot position at all this year? Hurst? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I and mean, there's going to be times where they do that, you know, third and long situations, two minute drills and stuff like that. Times where there's no point for to have him in on the inline blocking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Michael Lowe, you're watching this. You've got to be loving what Dan's saying because you were right online with that, feeding that to me and I just would not listen to it. So maybe in my next couple of drafts, I'll listen to Dan and you on the Hayden Hurst knowledge. Uh, but yeah, Michael did listen to something to me about the Todd Gurley situation. I'm a big narrative guy, as y'all know. So the prodigal son returning home to Georgia, University of Georgia alum, go dogs, SEC. You know, he was uh... great last year. <laughs> home. He is going to do it in the dome uh, and have his swan song, you know, just do it up. Go TG2. Uh, quick, I think, uh, guy who is also from the SEC, though, from the University of Alabama, Damian Harris was picked in the second. He's on his SEC role. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm on mute. I guess whenever I get on my SEC role, but that's I'm sorry. He was a third rounder, guys, from Alabama that Bill Belichick and the boys and the dog, uh, Bill Belichick's dog, selected Damian Harris. Um, we really didn't see too much of him last year. The opportunities there. Uh, because another SEC guy is a little bit hurt in Sony Michelle, go dogs, University of Georgia, Todd Gurley's alum, go SEC, just all over the place. Um, this is amazing right now. Um, I'm going to get off of, I'm going to get off of it. Zach, tell me about Damian Harris. Um, why is this guy who has no ADP considered a sleeper? 
Yeah, so because everyone and their mother is opting out in New England. And, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so True story, you, though. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. so if, if, I mean, if you guys have, have looked up Damian Harris, you know he's only, he only got four touches last year. They hammered it out of every single narrative that you can and read about Damian Harris. But, you know, that he could be paired with Sonny Michelle's one-two punch. Um, you know, I think it's, I mean, I know I just joked about it, but it's getting to the point where Bill Belichick's going to have to look over. And even if you think he doesn't like Harris, he's going to have to put him on the field because he's got no other option. So I, I think you're right. I mean, he's got no ADP, but he's a sleeper because it's the New England offense. And we don't know what they're trying to do. We don't know what they're working on. Uh, there's, I mean, almost any single player on their depth chart that's a running back, you could probably spin some sort of, but I think the fact with Harris's size, they drafted him in the third round. They obviously want to do something with him. Um, and, and like you said, he comes from Alabama. So, you know, kids probably got some talent. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if he, if he, he's definitely going to get more than four touches this year. I think I can almost guarantee that. That's fair. Dan, I know you're breaking a lot of this fantasy news for us on your personal Twitter. Uh, and we're going to follow that very closely because you bring us breaking news. I think you were telling us about, Sony and Muhammad being on the active pup list. So um, that's a little bit different than, you know, being on the pup list. Can you kind of break that up for us who are watching this? Cause that was a big deal um, in my own league with JD Chow when that happened and people were kind of freaking out. Yeah. So the, the difference between the active pups pup list and the pup reserve list is that the pup reserve list you're automatically missing the first six games of the season the active pup list they can they can bring you back at any any time he could literally be back tomorrow um so with Sony Michelle the expectation this entire offseason has been that he will be good to go for week one he's been rehabbing he's one of the he's been one of the few people that's actually been in the facility this entire time because if you were a player who went through surgery and were rehabbing you were allowed to be in the team facility at that time. So he's actually been the only, the only guy in the building this, this entire process. So I trust that he will be ready to go. Remember, they haven't started practice yet. They're still trying to finagle around the roster. So some of these guys got put on the active pup list just so they could kind of make room for other guys and whatnot, trying to get it to from 90 to 80 and seeing what they can do there. Um, all indications right now is that Michelle will be at least healthy for week one going in. How ready he is, how conditioned he'll be, I mean, that will remain to be determined. We don't know enough yet. We haven't had training camp yet, but he should be good to go week one. That's fair. We just know it's going to mean more to him. Uh, Zach, real quick, Marco Ayala asked about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and, Zach, and, and Dan, I want you to chime in on this too because I took Le'Veon Bell in our St. Jude Belly Up Bowl. I was kind of telling Marco about him. Um, he wants Zach to answer about Le'Veon, and I know that Dan hates Adam Gase, so I want to know what you think about Le'Veon as well. Uh, so I like Le'Veon from college, obviously. Um, I haven't gave two whatevers about him since he's been in the pros, but, uh, you know, I think he's – I don't I, – personally, I've noticed from drafts that I've been doing, he's going earlier than I want him, so I have had no exposure to him. I don't know if I'm just lower on him than other people – um, I, I don't really, I don't trust the Jets offense, um, that much. And, uh, I, I just, I would have to, Le'Veon Bell is a case of, I would have to see it to believe it at this point from him. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
And now it's GEICO's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. That's fair. Dan, you and Adam Gase love each other, right? Yeah, I mean, I hate Adam Gase with a burning passion in my soul that I just can't describe, quite frankly. But with Le'Veon Bell, I do like Le'Veon Bell. He finishes a high-end RB2 last year. I have him ranked as the number 11th running back in half-point PPR leagues. It's volume, volume, volume. And kind of like Leonard Fournette last year, there's no possible way on this planet that he can get the amount of touches that he got last year and not score touchdowns more often. Um now, do I trust the Jets' offense? No. Will they still be inefficient? Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be this. This might be the worst team than Jacksonville. I thought it was going to be Jacksonville, but after losing Jamal Adams and all the other moves that they've made so far this offseason, they might be the worst team in the NFL heading into this year. But with Le'Veon Bell, let's say he gets 240 carries. Let's say he gets about 80 targets. You're still putting him in the position to walk away with about 60 receptions and 1,000 yards and about seven rushing touchdowns and three receiving touchdowns. So if you give me a guy who's going to get me about 1,400 total yards and 10 touchdowns, guess what? He's at least going to finish as an RB2. He's going to fall ass backwards into that, even if it's not the prettiest thing to look at, and it won't be. Um, but I'm I'm still I'm much bigger on Le'Veon Bell than I think anybody is. I I forget what the ADP is off the top of my head, but I'm at least two rounds higher on him. Just and that's where volume comes into play. And when a guy who's going to get catch the ball and run the ball in every situation, yeah, that's fair. I totally agree with you on the volume, volume, volume. Um, I think I listened to you on this, and I pretty much stole this from you. But I took him in the second round because I reached for him. I told Michael, I told Marco that I wanted to have him just because. The volume was going to be there. I didn't want to take Leonard Fournette because he burned me last year, and I wanted another high-volume guy, like you were saying. And the volume that's there, it's, it's guaranteed. It's not you know, not going to happen. He's going to be the dude. I mean, there was a game last year where Gase straight up you know, gave him the ball like, what, 60 times? He was on the field for like 98% of the time. He looked yeah. like he was about to pass out. So it's going to be there, and I, I agree with that. Tom, let's move on to a guy that in our own dynasty league at the beginning of the season, I'm talking a couple months ago, Ryan McCarthy of Belly Up Sports, uh, host of Around for the Weekend, put it all in on Drew Locke, quarterback who's got bars. We've talked about this. He's got swag like Minshew. He's got bars. He's got super good weapons in Denver. Uh, He's got one of the best linebackers that a defense could have in Vaughn Miller setting the edge. I'm talking about the Texas A&M thanks and gigum Aggie Vaughn Miller. I was wondering why in the hell he was talking about linebackers. Now I get it. Okay. <laughs> I have to thank <laughs> Kevin DePaul class of 2010. Go Vaughn. Thanks and gigum baby. Um, but Drew Locke, I mean, he had a, what, he played, what, four or five games last season at the end of it, and he did very well. Uh, over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. He rushed for a little under 100 yards, so he's got some mobility. Um, but they stacked him up this year. They gave him Melvin Gordon. They Noah Fant's going to ascend this year, we're all assuming. They got Jerry Judy to be a wide receiver for him, along with Cortland Sutton. Um, they did have an offensive tackle, I believe, opt out this season. Um, but maybe that shouldn't affect him too much. Dan, maybe you can touch on that in a little bit and let us know what their offensive line is kind of looking like. But – what are you thinking about Drew Locke? Could he be 
your quarterback two in a super flex league? Could he help you win? Um, Ryan McCarthy thinks he's going to do great things, and Michael Lowe thinks him and Cortland Sutton could be the next stack of the century. First of all, I'm a little offended that you forgot about Big Ten boy K.J. Hamler that they brought in. Oh, you don't know KJ Hamler? Oh, oh, Come on, yeah. boy. No, you don't get to talk about a linebacker and say who to a wide receiver on a fantasy football show. Get Come out on. of here. <laughs> You're, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, on to Drew Locke, right? I mean, yeah, you're right. He started five games last year, went five and one, though, uh, 64% completion percentage, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, pretty solid year, a little over 1,000 passing yards. Um, I mean, it's a guy that doesn't have a ton of experience. So, you know, yes, it's a little bit uncertain. You go into that second year, uh, you know, with only five games under the belt, might be a little hesitant to pick him up. Personally, I think he's a high-end QB, two. End of the season could be a QB one just based on, I mean, that is a stacked offense. Um, you know, like you said, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, you brought in Melvin Gordon. You still have Philip Lindsay, uh, Noah Fant. I mean, he has more weapons than the U S government, right? Yeah, there you go. I see you, Billy. <laughs> um, I mean, this is, like I said, though, it, it's a massive, massively stacked offense. You guys know I like a quarterback with swagger. Anybody that can rap, put on word for word on the sideline, I'm all in on. Um, dude has a cannon for an arm. You know, he's not Minshew or Josh Allen level, but like he he can put the ball deep downfield. Um, Accuracy is good as long as he you know his footwork doesn't get too messed up. Once he starts rolling out of the pocket and starts running, um, it tends to get a little bit more inaccurate. Um, but his athleticism, on the other hand, is good enough that he can get out of the pocket and move, get downfield if need be, and extend plays. You know, he can, you know, like you said, have about 100 rushing yards in in five games. Um, you know, extrapolate the data out over a full season. I think he's pushing for easy 4,000 yards this year. Um, you know, passing probably you know 250, 300 rushing yards. Nothing crazy there, um, but. Uh, Scott, I think he has more talent than Tampa Bay does with Brady, um, just depth-wise. He doesn't have that one-two like Godwin and uh, and Evans, but there's so much depth in Denver. Um, but now, like I said, about 4,000 passing yards, probably 250, 300 rushing yards, probably good for 25 to 28 touchdowns passing and you know, another two or three rushing, nothing too crazy. They're going to be hitting it to, to Gordon and Lindsey to, to rush it in if they want to do that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think Tampa Bay and Tom Brady are straight up putting a Madden team together right now. Just the oldest guys that just need to win a Super Bowl, have nothing to lose. We're just we're risking it. They were doing this. They're in for one season. That's, hey, hey, that's all we need right now. That's but all I need mean, out of Tom Brady, Gronk, and Shady McCoy. That's it. <laughs> one season, baby. I got Shady McCoy like in the 15th round of the Why did you draft him? Terrible. Because, because I needed him. I needed him, Dan. <laughs> oh, my God. Shady <laughs> Just wait. But, Billy, Billy, we've got yeah. a huge fan of Billy's in the chat right now. I'm talking about Amy Witt. Billy, give us your analysis right now real quick on Drew Locke because I haven't heard from you in a while. And we'll move on to a running back that me and you were talking about. Uh, Drew Locke, I love the guy. You know, played close to home here at Mizzou, so I heard a lot about him. Uh, excited for the opportunity he has in Denver. Glad they brought uh, Melvin Gordon in, though. I think they needed that, that veteran back to rely on. 
when things get a little bit hairy for Drew Locke, you know, that division's going to be competitive. There's some good defenses. You know, they're, they're not bad, good coaching, and, uh, you know, an exciting division to watch. So I think Drew Locke has a pretty good year. Uh, you know, how much does he put it together? That's what we're waiting to see here. That's fair. Billy, let's keep it moving, though. We're at 55 minutes, and I know I told Dan we wanted to keep it a little bit short this night. I know uh, you were lying. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but we've we've talked about this guy, and we've heard about this guy on our show. Back when we were just starting out, uh, we heard Lindell Whirling come in and talk to us about this guy, Anthony McFarland Jr., um, like two months ago. This guy's ADP is around the 12-12 is what his ADP is right now. He's from the University of Maryland. Go Terrapins. I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so you got to love the Terrapins and the Tortoises. He had 245 carries there with 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns. He caught the ball a couple times for 200 yards. Um, With James Conner showing off his muscles this year, uh, he could still be hurt. He could still be limited. We know how much... Pittsburgh loves to utilize a strong running back. Um, this guy could work his way, Clyde Edwards-Alaire style, into a, a running back one position. I mean, this guy is extremely fun to watch. He, he's a running back among – I mean, he's a man amongst boys out there when you're looking at him. He's big. He's fast. He's got hands. He's got vision. And he's a, Are we talking about it, Anthony McFarlane? Oh, yeah. I'm talking about Anthony McFarlane. Finish, finish your thought. Finish your thought. That, that was pretty much it. Um, it, it my, my legit thought was if Connor has any sort of missed time, he's a legit starter in a bunch of leagues, is my thought. Big yeah. Big 10 there. That was uh, Terp. What'd you say, Bill? He shouted out the Big 10 there. So I, I'm kind of confused about loss. What's going on here? <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's probably that's got to be the first time I've ever heard Anthony McFarlane described as a big, strong, physical guy in my life ever. I don't even know where that came from. Um, CBS, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for the record, he's five nine, one hundred ninety five pounds. He's oh, I don't. That's why I don't know where the big guy came thing came from. Look, this year his rookie well, year, I guess it's a big guy compared to J.K. and Jonathan Taylor. And the other running backs in this division or Jonathan in this Taylor's draft 5'11", What are you talking about right now? Jonathan, Ta- Jonathan Taylor's 5'11", 225. You do understand that, right? I'm just talking about all the other running backs, so he could be considered big. What? In the draft. I, I don't even I'm just I don't even I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say right now. You make zero sense. You're 5'11", 225 of pure muscle. You just threw out Jonathan Taylor comparing Anthony McFarlane to people he could be considered big as. You got a guy who's almost half his size who you just compared him to. Please logically think about that for one second, please. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. So Anthony McFarlane's impressive speed, hands, and vision making an intriguing late Is that size? Is that size? I'm pretty sure and that's not size. He's extremely fun to watch, and he has frequently uses a bell cow back as his size is utilized. Yeah, well, I, look – Here's what I'm going to say to you, Chris. Stop using CBS as a source. <laughs> that's that's number I, I one. I have to use it, though. I like the guys that are over there. Fabs is kind of over there a little bit with SI, so I like it. Well, that was your first mistake. But anyway. That's fair. Um, that's fair. I, mean, I mean, that's fair. Fabs is okay. Him and Marcus and Rank are okay. 
Look, the point about Anthony McFarlane is that I think his best case scenario is that he's a special teams guy this year. Uh, this is a guy who lacks vision. This is a guy who lacks the power to getting through the line of scrimmage at the NFL level. When the hole is wide, and I did a whole film session on, on Anthony McFarlane leading into the draft. When the hole is wide open, the guy's explosive. That's why I think he's going to be a great returner. He's going to be an amazing returner. And I think he will have some capacity when they need to hit a home run play as a receiver, without a doubt, uh, just because watching Jalen Samuels is as painful as watching Hunter Renfro out there. But the fact is, at the end of the day, that James Conner, I don't know when this narrative changed that all of a sudden James Conner was a bum because he missed a few games here and there. James Conner's a very good running back. And if he did come into this season as in shape as everyone's touting him out to be, I have, I have faith that he could pull a Dalvin Cook, he could pull a Leonard Fournette, and possibly not get injured, only miss two games this season. And Jalen Samuels is going to be his backup because ding, ding, ding. When it comes to rookie running backs, they can't block worth the damn. So Jalen Samuels is going to play plain and simple. Their number one priority is going to be keeping Ben Roethlisberger healthy because we saw what their offense was without him. They're not going to take that chance. So Andy McFarlane as a special teams guy. Yeah, absolutely. But that's about it. He's third string. Don't forget Benny Snell. This has a, this is a crowded backfield. And outside of James Conner, I don't know who else is going to have really that much value until unless Conner gets down. And I don't think that the guy coming in is going to be Anthony McFarlane. I think it would be a three-way split between Samuels McFarlane and Benny Snell. That's fair. Billy, what do you got to say on that? Anthony McFarlane kind of reminds me of a Jamal Charles type mold. Not quite the top end speed, but when he gets in the open field, he would remind you of a similar similar guy. He's a high yard per carry, low volume type guy. And, you know, I don't Hold think on, Billy. <laughs> is this Billy on Fantasy Live or is this Trainwreck Radio? I'm just. I don't I'm, know, but I'm getting down to it right now, Dan. Y'all can join me in the club. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't jiggle. Don't jingle, Pinto. That's, that's not good for anybody. <laughs> that, that's not good for anyone. <laughs> But he's a high yard. I'm straight up going wild up in his apartment right now. Can you hit mute, man, or at least on your mic and let Billy finish his thought? <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead, Billy. High yard for carry, low volume guy, pass catcher. I think he, I think he, uh, he'll have a little bit more of a role than the special teams role as the year goes on. But you know, at Dan's point. There's a lot of guys around, and Jalen Samuels kind of makes me worry about his upside. You know, third down back role. He's obviously not going to be in there to block because of his stature. Rookie running backs, you know, those are always risks. You don't want to get your quarterback hurt. Uh, but he's definitely an exciting guy. I drafted him in the Billy of uh, Riders Dynasty uh, for more of a future investment guy I'd like to have. But, uh, you know, probably not much of a role this year unless some injuries take place. Yeah, I agree, Bill. Uh, so, Chris, your jiggling just scared Tom off. I just don't want you to know <laughs> I that. I saw that. I saw that. I'm, I'm he sorry. said I'm out. He said I'm done. I can't take I it anymore. That. I mean, People who know me have seen um, me. They, they know my style. So no shame in my game. But, yeah, it's scary. It's scary. You know, it's an acquired – it's like wine. It's acquired taste. Uh, the next time won't be as bad. And, like, the third time you'll be like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? <laughs> I do want to say one thing about McFarland. He did torch Ohio State for 298 right after he did. when he torched Indiana for over 200. But those were really the only games where he got up into the 20 carry range a lot. But, uh, you know, other games that, you know, contested the vision issues, my Iowa Hawkeyes bottled him up for 15 yards. So 
you know, he has seen games where he's not as productive as others, but it's really all relying on the big play. You know, yeah. Like I, Oh, no, I was just going to say, part of, part of the film that I did on McFarland was that Ohio State game, and I don't know what Ohio State was doing. That was the most undisciplined defense I've ever seen them play in my life. The holes were, were wide open. That was a big reason why he gashed them. Like I said, if he had open space, the guy's fast, but otherwise, I'm not really trusting him with the ball in his hands. Go ahead. That's fair. Uh, you know, I it's one of those things where you're new into fantasy football, and you just kind of you, you believe the hype, and you get swept up in it. Last season, I was on Benny Snell and I totally forgot about him. So that's one of those things that you're like, golly, like you just kick yourself in the teeth and you're like, why did I forget about this guy? And he, he's going to play a bigger role and it's not going to be the rookie. It's going to be Benny Snell. So you're right about that. Uh, I will defer to you on that and I will change my rankings for that. But a guy that Dan and I talked to when Dan first invited me to come on to belly up is a guy that I labeled as a one C to C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy. I'm talking Henry Ruggs III from Alabama. Uh, we're talking rock, paper, scissors to see who was going to get the deep ball touchdown throw from Tua. Uh, the guy's got an ADP around the 10th round. At Alabama, he had 98 receptions, almost 18, over 1,700 yards and 24 touchdowns in three years. Um, his projections are pretty good from me at least, but I'm always – you know, I'm always going to lean towards the SEC Texas guys. I want to know what you guys are thinking about Henry Ruggs, and especially you, Zach, um, because it was a bit surprising to me that that well, maybe it wasn't a bit surprising. It was more like, oh wow, they're doing it again. The Raiders are taking the fastest guy in the draft um, to to be opposite, you know, Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams. So, what do you what do you think about Henry Ruggs, Zach? Yeah, so I mean, when we talked, we touched on it when we brought up Renfro earlier about the, the kind of smorgasbord that's going on in uh, it, well Vegas now. But um, Vegas, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, now uh, so Ruggs goes off as the first um, wide receiver in this year's draft, but I uh, probably in 99 percent of your drafts, he's not the first rookie wide receiver taken, um, and there's a reason for that. It, it's it is the Raiders' just situation for targets. Um, I think I, I don't if you're if you're somebody who doesn't like to take risks and, uh, you know, would rather see it uh, before you've got it, then I think you want to stay away from rugs. But uh, I think he does. He does have a ceiling. I mean, a pretty high ceiling as far as we just I, I don't really know. Um, you know, Dan said they're going to use uh, uh, rugs in the slot. So um, I, I don't really I, I couldn't give you an accurate how many targets he's going to get. But uh, I think that there's there's a shot that you could take him and it pay off. Um, but me personally, I'm not taking that. I mentioned earlier, I'm not a risk taker and I'm not taking that risk on rugs. I know that Dan could give us a number on him, but I want to know what Nate has to say before Dan gives us the number on, because I know Dan's got some really good projections on this guy. And I want to know, because I kind of like Henry rugs taken as a flyer here in these later rounds. Um, just because of his speed. I love the offense of the Raiders. So Nate, what do you have on Henry rugs? Yeah, I mean, Ruggs is as fast as they come. Ran a 4-2-7 at the Combine. And if we're talking best ball, I mean, this guy can explode for just big play after big play um, any week, you know. But that kind of speed, it's can't teach that kind of speed. So, as they say, um, in like you said, Chris, in normal just, you know, redraft league, he's a good fighter to take. A rookie, you know, he could just burst into the scene. Um, you never really know the rookies. Um, but, you know, that speed really has my eye there. And the 4-2-7 is unbelievable. Um you know, Derek Carr in that offense, like Zach was talking about, not the best situation, but I mean, you know, to me, it's kind of like he's a Tyreek Hill Jr. almost with that, with that kind of, you know, burn him speed. So, 
That's fair. Dan, head of fantasy department, what do you got on Henry Ruggs III? Well, I'll start by saying the two things I'll start by saying. Um, they're going to move him in and out of the slot and the outside. I want to make sure that's clear. I don't think he's going to primarily be a slot receiver. And I think that his impact on the NFL field this season is going to be bigger than his impact in fantasy football. Uh, because it's, it's his skill set that's going to open up guys like Tyra Williams and Darren Waller and open up the rushing game and stuff like that. That's what they're kind of going to use him for. I only have him for about, I believe it's, uh, I have it right in front of me. It was like 66 targets and about 44 receptions. Uh, I have him as wide receiver 69. He's a great value in a best ball league. But the fact is, is he still has some ways to go when it comes to running routes. He still has some ways to go when it comes to catching in traffic. All things he's going to have to kind of adjust to in the NFL. Um, that's why I don't know if his production is going to be that great. I do think there's going to be a game where he explodes and he goes off for two touchdowns and has 150 yards. because, And that could happen week one. This is a prime example of a guy that, that could come in as a rookie because of his speed, because of the lack of conditioning that's going to happen for all these guys. He could come in week one and light it up. Everyone's going to rush to try to go trade for Henry Ruggs and do everything like that. And I'm going to be telling you guys, if you have Henry Ruggs, sell, 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 because the target share is just not going to be there. It's not going to be consistent enough for him throughout the entire season. But I love him in best ball. He's probably going to be one of my more favorite picks in DFS when I'm just trying to fill in that last receiver spot kind of here and there to take that shot on. Um, but his impact is going to be bigger in the NFL than it is going to be in fantasy, I believe, this season. That's fair. Billy, do you want to add, add on to any of that? I feel like Ruggs being the first receiver off the board of the Raiders isn't kind of the stereotypical they're drafting the fast guy. I feel like that's kind of a casualty of the arms race that is the AFC West right now. I mean, the Broncos are loaded up. Everyone's chasing the Chiefs. And Tyreek's starting to get up there. And, you know, if you wanted to go get a guy to, to match that talent, Ruggs was the guy in this draft to add to your, to your starting lineup. That's fair. That's fair. Um, let's close it out, though, with a guy that we saw last year have some big playability. Um, his ADP is crazy out of there. Like, we don't even need to mention his ADP. Um, they added a new wide receiver who was a stud. They added – a running back that we've heard in the draft have a bit of buzz about. Um, he might be a victim of circumstance on film uh, where he isn't a pass heavy offense, but his quarterback might not make the best decisions. Hopefully we see that quarterback make better decisions and ascend this year. So everyone in that offense has fantasy friendly uh, relevance. I'm talking about Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills. Nate, this guy finished tight end 30 last year, 388 yards, only two touchdowns. Uh, he has a little bit of athletic ability, so he, they use him in the end around one time. Um, but the odds of him breaking out this season, um, I don't know how I feel about him. Kind of on the fence. What do you think? Convince me. I mean, I mean, yeah. Once Buffalo went out and got Diggs, I think Knox's value took a big hit. You know, with Brown, Diggs, and then Moss and Singletary now in the backfield, and Allen's rushing ability, I, I'm just not seeing a whole lot of targets for Knox this season. I'm, you know, I, I just really don't see it. He did show some flashes of, you know, big play, big playability last season. But I think with Diggs in Buffalo now, it's just going to be tough this year for Knox to be fantasy relevant. That's fair. Um, I was kind of on the same boat about that. Does anyone think that he's going to be a, a steal at some point? His quarterback's Josh Allen now. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> Low volume passing attack when they added, a, a you know, their number one target. John Brown was already a wide receiver too last year as the, as the you know, wide receiver one in the offense, and, you know, they're not throwing the ball a ton. They drafted another running back to keep the ball on the ground and keep Josh Allen from making mistakes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
you know, before we end this off and kind of tell everyone about our handles and everything like that, let's do one thing, guys. Um, kind of, you know, leaning on Houston's this or that. Uh, I want to know what y'all think about this. Who are the two guys that kind of stick out in your mind, Nate, that you're having a hard time deliberating on and let Zach, Dan, and Billy help you out? Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Interesting. Um, I mean, one guy, I'm mean, more of a dynasty, but also this year is Cam, Cam Akers. Um, it's a pretty loaded backfield in, in Los Angeles. So um, if, if you're talking about redraft, how do you know? Is it is he going to get the – is he going to be the number one guy week eight, let's say, or, or is he kind of just going to get – share uh, uh, carries equally with Henderson and, and Brown? Zach, kick us off. Well, yeah, so this is going to be interesting because mine, one of mine is Daryl Henderson. So – um, <laughs> I, I'm not, uh, cause, cause I think they're in the reason mine is Henderson is because I think I'm higher than I'm than I, than I should be. And so saying that I am lower on Cam Akers than most people are. I, I, first off, I hate Florida state. Second off, <laughs> uh, second off, I, I'm a big Henderson guy. I, I was, I'm a Memphis fan. So it goes back a little bit, but, um, I, I think that it's, it's Henderson's chance to, uh, break out and I think he's gonna take that chance and run with it which is why I, so that's why I'm puzzled with Cam Akers I, I'm in the same boat as Nate I, I I really don't I haven't drafted him I've passed him up every time he's been there for me um at the right ADP because I just don't uh I just don't think that I just don't know really Dan what do you think I have Cam Akers as the third running back in that Rams offense because of just kind of the reality of the situation. You spent just as high of a draft pick on Daryl Henderson last year. I expect him to at least be the pass catching guy because of his dynamic ability that he has. Malcolm Brown's going to get goal line carries. He's going to be there in third and short. And I wouldn't be surprised week one, if he's the guy who's getting the first carry. Now that does that mean he's going to get a ton. No, but with those three guys, Sean McVay's already come out and said, you know what? I've watched Kyle Shanahan tape. I'm going to use a hot hand type of approach. And while Cam Akers probably has the closest body type to a Todd Gurley, um, does have some receiving skills. I'm going to say this again, rookie running backs. Cam Akers had the worst grade for me as a pass protector. And I, I just don't. I don't see how he's going to play that much in, in those situations, um, especially on you know two minute drills and, and third. That's going to be Daryl Henderson, um, and if he's not getting the goal line carries because of Malcolm Brown, I question what he's going to do this season. Now after this season, Malcolm Brown will be gone, and and him and Daryl Henderson can be thunder and lightning, and that'll that'll go great. You both of them will be fantasy relevant, but for this year, it's just too crowded. He's too much of a rookie. He's got too much to develop. I don't like it for this year, but I do love it for dynasty. 
That's fair. Billy, what do you have to add on to that? I like Cam Akers. Uh, I watched some tape on him. That guy made some runs with not a lot of help making a hole. I mean, at Florida State, he produced with little to no room to run a lot. Um, coming in, I do like Malcolm Brown. I'm snagging him late in almost all these drafts I have going on right now. He's produced. Daryl Henderson, we haven't necessarily seen it yet, but we know the potential. I mean, the guy can, can make yards. And, you know, injuries kind of held that back. Like uh, Dan said, he's a second-round pick. Akers is a second-round pick. At some point, these guys have to get work. But I do feel like by the middle midseason, week eight, week nine, maybe when the playoff picture starts to shake up and the Rams aren't looking, uh, you know, as well as they might expect, I think Cam Akers starts to make the transition uh, as Malcolm Brown departs next offseason. That's fair. Billy, let's move on to you. Who are two guys that you're looking in drafts or a little bit later that you're like, man, I, I really don't know between the two? Ooh, tough one. Uh, you know, McCall Hardman is a guy I really like, but I'm not sure if my expectations are too high. Um, you know, the guys he's going around, um, that's a good one for me. I guess give me your feedback on McCall Hardman, guys. I love him. Only had 26 catches last year, but, you know, obviously the speed, the big plays there. I'm a sucker for that, you know. Are my expectations high? I think he has wide receiver three upside. Man, real quick, I want to add to this. In the five-yard rush FFCC best ball league, uh, the last, like, seven rounds, three of my picks were Sammy Watkins, Byron Pringle, McCool Hardman. Because in best ball, one of those guys are going to blow up. So, you know, I was just trying to ride it, I guess. Um, I'm with you, though. You don't know if McCool Hardman's going to blow up. But he's fast. He's in the right offense. Um, I kind of like him. I, I, I like the juice. Dan, I really want to know what you have to think about this because I like McCall Hardman. I want to know what you think about him because uh, I'm taking him in a lot of drafts. <laughs> well, you can have him. Um, I, think he's, okay. I think he's a one-trick pony at the end of the day. Yeah. And a lot of people, they want to write off Sammy Watkins. I understand why. Fact is, he's going to get the third most targets. It's it's going to be Tyreek Hill. It's going to be Travis Kelsey. And Sammy Watkins averages between six and eight targets when he's out on the field with Patrick Mahomes fully healthy. And that's just the fact of the matter. So does he is he going to be the guy who just explodes out of nowhere? No, Harmon's going to have that. But I don't know how Harmon walks away with any kind of real significant volume for target-wise. That's why I'd much rather have Sammy Watkins than me, Cole Hartman. Um, you want to take the ch- again, best ball, DFS, yeah, you take shots on guys like that. He could break at any moment, especially with Patrick Mahomes. But I'm, I'm, I'm not digging him as far as redraft goes in, in those type of leagues. Even dynasty, like I said, I got to see this guy learn how to run routes before I can trust that he's actually going to have a long career. And I, I haven't seen it yet. Do but we don't, you know, we lost Chris too, so whatever. Go ahead, Bill. Do you think he takes his target share from from Sammy Watkins? I've been reading that uh, they're not planning on having him as much of a role in the special teams because of what they plan to use him on offense. Yeah, we'll see. The thing I've been hearing about that as well is that Sammy Watkins is in much better shape, uh, both mentally and physically, than he was last season. So it sounds like to me that we, if you have a refocused Sammy Watkins, and Tom, way to join the show when we're about to close. If we have a refocused Sammy Watkins, then you have a hell of a skill set on your hands. That's what, that's kind of where I struggle with with Hardman really being able to take over. Sammy Watkins, the Lizard King, dubbed undubbed Lizard King. <laughs> He, uh, he, he heals a lot faster. He's not a human, so <laughs> like that. Uh, Tom, what are your thoughts real quick on McCall Hardman, Sammy Watkins? And then give us one guy or two guys that are kind of an iffy toss-up for you in drafts and let Dan, Zach, Nate, and Billy kind of answer it for you. 
I mean, for Hardman Watkins, I'm taking Hardman. Um, I think you go with the youth. I think you go with the speed. Uh, you know, obviously Tyreek Hill is the the big uh, weapon for the Chiefs right now. So, you know, you're going to see him stretch the field there, but that's the guy that, uh, <laughs> Marco, you're funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill is going to be the main focus for defenses, him and Travis Kelsey. So I think uh, McCole Hardman has that that speed to get separation against defenders that, uh, you know, might be that second, third, you know, cornerback, uh, you know, on a team. So I give him the edge over Watkins. Um, as far as guys that, you know, I'm kind of split between, I kind of wish Ryan was here for this one, actually. Um, I was thinking Mike Gesicki and TJ Hawkinson. That's a good one. They're pretty close. Uh, I think their ADPs are, uh, as, or, as far as tight end rankings, um, I think they're like 15th, 16th. It's pretty tight. I know Gasecki, obviously, Miami's offense, uh, you know, probably starting out with Tan or um, excuse me, with Fitzpatrick, um, and then moving into Tua at some point here. Don't really know what to expect from Tua. And I mean, Brian Fitzpatrick, he has like four game stretches. It's like he has four good games and then like six bad games. <laughs> so it's it's tough to tell exactly what you're gonna get out of him game one. And then on the other side, uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you know, Detroit, if Matthew Stafford's healthy, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, not, you know, not top, but he's up there. He's going to put up yardage. He has a, a good arm. Um, I mean, what do you guys think? Billy, good. take us all uh, I like Hawkinson, just my Iowa boy, but Gusecki, you know. Of I course, can... you would think <laughs> the John Mackey Award winner, asterisk, Jay Sternberg. <laughs> You're the last person to talk, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> As I looked into Gusecki, you know, hearing Ryan pound the table for him all the time, man, the targets that guy gets, it's amazing. You, you don't realize the production that he actually has. So I think he's a good option. I've snagged him a couple times late. Upside-wise, though, I'll take Hawkinson, and it comes down to quarterback play for me. If you want Stafford, Fitzpatrick, Tua, I'll take Stafford at the end of the day. Especially if I'm yeah. split pairs, I guess. You know what I mean? That's that's a big difference maker. Yeah, you're not wrong about Stafford. He already beat the COVID. Zach, what do you got on this? Uh, well, I don't draft Lions players, so I'm get, I'm pedal to the metal on Gasecki in this situation. But uh, I, I I think it's um, I don't got much more to add than these guys. I think you know Stafford probably gives Hawkinson a little bit of an edge, um, especially with just the quarterback question mark situation in uh, in Miami. We don't really know when it's going to switch over and what totally to expect from Tua. So I probably lean if I throw my bias out. I'm probably leaning Hawkinson, which sounds weird because, but yeah. Your self-loathing Lions fan. That's yeah, that way. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Good, Nate. Um, I want to yeah. ask this for y'all because this has been Never mind. eating up at me real quick. Um, if I'm in a draft and I'm looking at Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, who are you guys taking? Nate, kick us off. I'm taking Thielen. I think in, in LA, it's, it's Woods. He's the, he's the wide receiver one. Um, Thielen, you know, behind is Jefferson, a rookie. You're not really sure. Thielen's going to get the targets. I think he's going to get the receptions. Um, I, I, I do like Cups, though, but I think Woods is, is, is going to be the first option for golf this season in LA. Zach, what do you think? Uh, I, like, I like Cooper Cups' intangibles, and I like what he's able to do um, with his, when he's running routes. Um, I've, I've seen some some tape lately on Cooper Cup where he does he's he's got he's just very sneaky good at running routes and the things that he does and the fakes that he throws through his routes. But 
this is another situation where I'm taking – I think I'm taking Thielen just because of the quarterback situation. I, I trust I trust Cousins to get the ball to Thielen more than I trust Goff to get the ball to, to Cup. Tom, what do you think on this? Honestly, I mean, the only person on the Rams offense that I'm not trying to steer clear from is Cam Akers. I don't like that offense, to be honest. I think that the whole, you know, magic that they had is long gone. I'm not super confident in the play call over there. I don't know what happened. It's It was great year one and then just kind of went downhill from there. That's fair. Billy, what do you got to add to this? I'm a feeling guy as well, kind of avoiding the Rams passing game. Not that I hate them. I just, in the range where the guys go, there's others that I prefer. Um, yeah, give me feeling. I think with Justin Jefferson on the other side, target share is going to steer more his way. Dan, um, I'm a fan of little Cooper Cup, Matthew Berry's little Cooper Cup. A- am I wrong at wanting to take No, you're ball? not. Everyone else okay. is wrong. Uh, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, I have Cooper Cup, wide receiver 10. I have Adam Thielen, wide receiver 29. So that should pretty much tell you everything I think about between the Cup and Adam Thielen. I don't think it's close. But Cooper Cup, first of all, he has been Goff's favorite target, not just between they the 20s. Room together. But, they shared a room together. I don't really care about that. But most importantly, they are together in the red zone. And that's he's always been Goff's number one target in the red zone. He's always been the guy who's led the touchdowns there. I don't really care whatever you think about this offense. The fact is this is a team that's going to have to score a lot of points here in the NFC West. It's highly competitive. That defense to me is, is very questionable, especially now you don't have Wade Phillips. I don't think they're going to play nearly as well. Uh, so Cooper Cup is a guy who he was a top 10 wide receiver before, you know, he got a little bit banged up and at the end of the season, they started running the ball more. Uh, that's a, that's what he was. Adam Thielen, I know he got injured as well in his own right and, you're dealing with Stephon Diggs, but he's always dealing with Stephon Diggs. That offense only threw the ball 466 times. I don't know why that changes this year. In fact, if anything, I can see it going even further down because now without Stephon Diggs, they might run the football even more if you can imagine that. So I I don't look, Adam Thielen, yeah, he'll be the number one target on Minnesota, but that to me is not going to amount to much. He's a guy who he doesn't get deep down the field. So you're hoping for a lot. It's kind of like Ken Allen to me. You have to get a lot of volume and you have to get touchdowns. And while those two things are possible, I don't think it's going to be nearly as consistent. Cooper Cup has proven time and time again that he is going to be golf's go-to guy in the most crucial situation in the red zone. So it's definitely it's definitely cup for me. Love it. Thank you so much, Darius. I love my little Cooper Cup. Uh, they got the good hair, though, you know what I'm saying? And then Jared Goff looks like the guy off the notebook. So you can't. See, I almost want to change my answer because you went there. Like, <laughs> You can't do it. It's already on film. We're live. <laughs> can't do it. Put it on the cord. We're going to put that as the clip. That's it. Dan, I want you to obviously tell us, tell everyone that's watching us, where they can follow you at, MD's Nations show. Um, you're talking about stats. You're talking about coaching changes. You're talking about the real stuff. They can help you win a fancy championship. You helped Mike Brown, our uh, our uh, one of our co-owners, win a championship last year. So I'm gonna be asking you for some help. But also, uh, you're in something called the Razz Bowl. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. I know we're gonna touch on some of these different bowls that we're in in the fantasy community. But I want you to touch on the Razz Bowl, and then obviously where everyone can follow you. Yeah, I'll lead off with that. I mean, it's it's a huge league, uh, first and foremost. And it's, you know, you get to the playoffs, it becomes the best ball league at that point. There's a lot of great guys in this league from all across the industry, um, some top names. And uh, the the, uh, the draft's been really competitive. Uh, we're, Your division looks pretty hard. I saw it, and I was yeah, like, oh, we're, we're all We're all pretty even. Um, everyone kind of has their – 
they kind of had their own strategy, but everyone in the my league is really, really smart. So we all kind of have very even teams. It's gonna be it's gonna be a little interesting to see. Um I can attest for Dan, he's gonna work the waiver wire because in our baseball league, this dude is like up on it. Like we got 19 transactions you can do or something like that, and he is pushing it. So everyone <laughs> in that Rasball league, you gotta work to beat Dan Major. <laughs> That's the only reason I came back last week in that baseball matchup. And it was uh, impressive. I didn't want to talk about it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah. So I'm super excited to be in the Raswell League. I'm I'm also in one of the divisions for the FFC for five yard rush as well. Uh, it just you know a lot of of course you know we have the St Jude League here, Jamarcus Russell division. Um, it's it's going to be great. So yeah, a lot of great things to look forward to as far as that goes. And as far as following me, it's uh, at Belly Up MDFF Show. Um, constantly putting player news update notifications out there. And this Friday, we will be back. We took a week off last week, but we're going to be back with the uh, the top five, bus five, sleeper five series, starting off with the quarterbacks. And then uh, starting next week, we'll be two episodes a week where I'll be doing some mock drafts along with the running backs, and then we'll be moving on from there. And then I'll be back to four episodes a week come uh, September. Man, if y'all are not following Dan on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you can follow him on all the – on all the podcast apps, follow this guy because he knows what he's doing. He's going to help you win. Zach, talk about what where everyone follow you at, and then obviously out of the fantasy football world. If you're into hockey, like you're getting me into hockey, where can we follow you at? Where can we watch you at on those nights? Hockey. You even threw a little accent in there. I like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like dude to the Mighty Ducks. I'm talking about the dude from Austin who's the best puck handler that Gordon Bombay has ever seen. Okay? <laughs> yeah, man. Hockey is back. So check it out at Puck Puck Pass Pod at It's Zach Mack is where you can find my personal page. And at What's Up Belly Up, we're getting Matt rolling too after this uh, hiatus of sports has not ended. We're back in the swing of things. That's where Mike and I are going to be talking about headlines uh, on a weekly basis. So um, just check all those places out. That's uh, that's all I got. That's all I got for you. Nice, nice, Tom. I know we touched on the 100 guys from the NFL that's going to be out there. You're doing a lot of other things on the on Belly Up's football account. You're obviously our hot take guy. You're obviously a fan favorite uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just looking at all of our comments, we've got guys looking at Tom and being like, "I want to be in his St. Jude Belly Up Bowl." Put me in that one, or I don't want to be in it. So, Tom, you're a pretty big figurehead here, man. Hey, man, whatever works. Apparently, apparently, the sign is is popular. So, you know, we got to keep that up to date. But hey, like we said, uh, belly up, uh, top 100 coming out starting tomorrow. Uh, we'll start releasing that. I'm probably gonna do 90 to 100. Might might give you 80 to 90 or 80 to 89 as well. We want to keep a little anticipation there. We don't want to, you know, bust it all at once, like uh, Chris does every time he talks about the SEC. <laughs> but SEC, uh, I triggered what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so follow us uh, at Belly Up Football for that. That's where we're going to start releasing that. Um, always, you know, check me out uh, at Belly Up Tom <laughs> on Twitter. Um, feel free to roast me. Give me suggestions what to put up on the sign. Um, if you want a message to, you know, talk shit to Chris, by all means, I'm always for it. Please. Marco, do not message Tom about anything about that sign. I will tell you right now. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, I mean, we'll talk about that later, Marco. Uh, but Dan, real quick, when are you taking your quarterback? Because I know you're, you're a proponent of waiting. 
Yeah, I mean, it all depends. It, it depends on what, what situation you're in. Like, I, I'm not opposed to drafting Lamar Jackson in, in, you know, the third or fourth round. If, if he's there sitting there, he probably won't be. But it's all about value as far as ADP goes. But I'm big on, yeah, if you can wait till 12th, 13th round to take a quarterback, do it. Because your team is just going to be that much better for it at the end of the day. And there's always a streaming option for you available. That's fair. And, Marco, that's the same stuff I told you just coming out from someone else's mouth. Uh, oh, Minshew Mania. That, that's real. not the guy you take late. Just that's a streaming option, man. Tell me, you stream, know. Okay, streaming option. You're not taking him late. Though. You talk about streaming options. Okay. I'm not Nate, wearing that mustache. Don't you worry. Nate, oh, one of the hardest working guys here at Belly Up. Where can everyone follow you at? And give us a little bit of insight on what you and Billy are working at. Uh, give us the name because you guys have not dropped that yet, and I want y'all to drop it. Yeah, sure. So on Twitter, you can follow me at NateHerman27. Happy to engage any sports discussion. Um, and Billy and I have been working, and Chris have been working on a new live show that should be coming out in the next couple of weeks um, called The Wizards of the Waiver Wire. So if you want to know how to work that wire, get that, that must snag, you know, if someone goes down with COVID or an injury, who to pick up on that waiver wire, Billy and I have you covered coming very soon, so stay tuned for that, and make sure to check out all the other guys' podcasts on Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Great job, Nate. We appreciate that, man. Billy, uh, obviously, you're going to talk about the St. Jude Belly Up Bowl. You're going to talk about the Ryder Bowl. Uh, talk about Facebook as well, because that's a big thing that we've been missing on. And, you know, I got a couple guys, Marco, Scott, they're all up on our Facebook, Michael as well. Um, we need to utilize that more, uh, and they can help us as well by giving us their start sits and their roster lineups, right? So, yeah, the Ryder Bowl, just looking at the draft here, we're mid-draft. Nate just went uh convinced him to take Cam Akers in the third round. He looked good with Mahomes, Dobbins, Akers. It's going to be hard to beat for a while. I was sitting at the eight spot, went with uh, Tom's uh, suggestion to take Miles Sanders uh, there in the front. Uh, first round and came back and I snagged Tyreek Hill just to get a piece of that Chiefs offense, some to compete now. Uh, belly up bull, uh, was at 11, 11th uh, spot and uh, straight running backs. Michael Thomas gone. I pulled the trigger on Mahomes and I've been regretting it ever since. So, share <laughs> <laughs> of him somewhere, have a little fun. And uh, man, you just don't take quarterbacks early. You will not like how your team looks three, four rounds later. Facebook, uh, come find us, Belly Up Sports. Like us there. Like us on the Belly Up Fantasy page. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, Belly Up Football Show will be getting a lot more things going on Facebook, interacting with people. We want your questions. We want your comments. Uh, come to us with your roster questions. You struggling with the guy splitting hairs? Let us know. We've got some guys that have some advice for you. So look forward for that. Look forward to that. And uh, hopefully we'll be connecting with some people here sooner rather than later. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, Billy, from you, man, I was touched. Why we do this is because we want to give knowledge to other people and people that engage with us and like us. I want to talk and give a huge shout out to one of the 3M guys that you work with, Old Cowboy. I'm talking about Dwight, your guy, man. I mean, his comments for me literally gave me tears uh, and gave me the reason why I was like, man, that's why I do this. Uh, that's why. I, I look up to Dan because he does that to me and, you know, other guys in this industry as well. So big shout out to old cowboy Dwight, man. I love you. Thank you for following us. Thank you for those kind words. Any sort of 
start sit questions you got, send them over to Billy. I'll look at them. I'll give Billy my Billy's got my information. You can get a hold of me and we will talk, we'll rap, we'll sit down and just, you know, we'll we'll chew the cud, man. We'll just talk. You know, I want to know what you got. JB Chow from Twitter, who has been following us for a while, who's been interacting with me on these live chats that joined the St. Jude Belly Up Bowl League um, and was in my division, gave me a lot of good advice. He's been doing this for 25 plus years. Um, He's got some good things. Uh, I'm learning every day, so I really appreciate him. Thank everyone. I I thank everyone who listens to us and follows us on all sorts of apps and Facebook and social medias. I'm not good at this, guys, so I really appreciate it. Obviously, I can't multitask, as y'all see throughout the episode. Uh, I can't say something good about the SEC. It just means more so. I will work hard to do things uh, and learn on the fly. Um, but I want to give a huge, another huge shout-out to Division 11 of the FFCC of Five Yard Rush and also the Mavericks of the Money Manziel Division of the St. Jude Belly Up Bowl. Guys, thank you all so much for drafting quickly. And the Ryder Bowl that I'm in, uh, hashtag Tiger Woods, building a dynasty. I'm not going to win this year, but Josh Jacobs, great narrative, my guy. I'm going to roll with him. Everyone who spent 90 minutes with us, thank you all so much tonight. We're going to keep on coming live on Tuesdays. We're going to get better. We're going to do it better, and it's going to be awesome. Thank you all so much for watching us. This was Belly Up Fantasy Live, and we appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, Geico makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, hot. 